Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And today, today, we have The Undertaker for you. Spooky. Appropriate for October. Yes. Well, that's when does this come out? When are you listening to this? Let us know. <laughs> October. <laughs> It's October. October. I promise. October of 2019. Or you might be listening later, and that's fine too. But we hope that you're listening to us in October of 2019. Yeah. It's your old school. If you find us in the future, though, hello. Welcome. We are speaking to you from the past. We hope things are better there than if they are now. <laughs> Amen. All right. Before we get into The Undertaker, I have a little correction. Oh, so, I didn't know that we ever made a mistake. Um. Well... It's sort of a mistake. It was more like misinformation, fake news. Okay. So when we talked about 1-800-NEW-FUNK, we talked about the review that they did in Entertainment Weekly. Yes. Yeah. And we laughed and laughed about how often does Entertainment Weekly come out? Ha ha ha. It's right there in the name. Uh Yeah. It's a monthly publication now. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what we said. No, no, we were like Entertainment Weekly. How often does it come out? Ha ha, it's right well, there in the name. Back and then now it came out weekly. Then it came out weekly. Now it comes out monthly. We were yeah. laughing about how, you know, it's right there in the name. And yeah. Well, they're not changing the name to Entertainment Monthly. Evidently not, because they're now monthly and still yeah. called Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. So that was my little brief correction that right. I noticed when I actually went back and listened to that episode. <laughs> All right, well, having paid for the magazine, yeah. I don't feel like we owe them much of an apology. <laughs> We're talking about them on our immensely popular podcast. That's right. If anything, they owe us a sincere thanks of gratitude, you know, thankful note or something. Yeah, or just, you a know. A mention on the bullseye. More Prince references. Yes, sure. a mention <laughs> on the bullseye. We're near the center. Thank you very much. We're not all the way out of the edge. If they need press photos. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have some made. Yeah. Sure. All right. So The Undertaker. The Undertaker. So this was basically a live session, rehearsal yeah. session, essentially, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, recorded on June 14th, 1993 at Paisley Park. Even though we are covering Prince's immense output from 1994 to 1995, this was recorded in 1993, planned for a 1994 release as a cover mount to Guitar World magazine. Which would have been super cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers did not agree with you, though. Um, They had made CDs, and they were shellacked, essentially, to make them unplayable, which is sad. And then this was actually was released on VHS on March 6th, 1995, which was almost two years after it was recorded. So how... Prince was unable to release this on CD as a cover mount as planned and instead was able to release it to home video. Um, He must have had some kind of out or something in his contract that videos were not something that Warner Brothers could have an ultimate say so on. That's that's my guess. guess. 
That's my guess. And after he changed his name with the announcement, I remember it being that it, he was going to um, get into more multimedia type things. And I well, think yeah, that but that this is was why. released under Prince. It, it was, wasn't released under the love was. symbol. I'm not here to argue with you. I just don't understand. I don't either. I'm not here to argue with you either <laughs> I, th- about this. My opinion, though, is that there was something in his contract with Warner Brothers that made him more free to release things on VHS mm. or home video than he mm-hmm. was in album album form or on audio formats at the time. And that's how he was able to end up releasing this on VHS. So it was fully available, legally released. You can hear this, you know, if you can find it on YouTube or other places. Um, But it was an interesting story of how that came to be. And it's an idea releasing something as a cover mount with a periodical was something that Prince didn't abandon. He later did it both with Planet Earth and 2010. Yeah, it was like, what, 15 years later, yeah. he revisited the idea yeah. and did it. Of course, then he wasn't bound by a record company contract. He was able to do basically as he pleased. So there was no one to stand in the way and say, you can't do this. Right. Um, but I think he was definitely out to prove after Diamonds and Pearls and the Love Symbol album that he was still a really good guitarist an yeah. excellent guitarist because he yeah. got a little bit of i don't know criticism for glomming on to hip-hop and rap and that type of thing and maybe moving a little away from a guitar which i don't really see if you listen to the love symbol album it's full of guitar work yes um, but this was definitely meant to say hey i'm a master yes and it was it would have been a fitting release on guitar world magazine yes exactly i mean it definitely feels like the songs that were included were Mm -hmm. definitely picked to highlight guitar yep i mean this is full of guitar super cool yeah so it was prince on lead guitar michael b michael bland on on drums and sunny t on bass and those are the only three musicians um, I think a, something else that Prince got criticized for a lot was maybe fiddling around too much with stuff in the studio. So that mm-hmm. makes this a very unique release and that it is not full of overdubs or edits. I'm mm-hmm. sure it was edited in some form, but what you hear is essentially what was recorded. It wasn't tinkered with very much. It was a single take kind of thing. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know. There's a lot to love and a lot not to love, I think we can agree <laughs> in this release. But the one thing that makes it super unique is it's probably the least produced of official Prince releases that I think you're going to find. Yeah, that's super fair. As far as the music really, goes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty raw, which Very I mean, stripped down. really, really highlights the talent of everybody involved. Yeah, and how well with, they knew each other, too, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on, and they don't talk to one another. No, you know? v- very it's little. Looks. There's, yeah. like, a small sure. segment where they yeah. talk about something, which we'll get to eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it also it's neat to see Prince, Sonny T, and Michael Bland. You get another glimpse at the core of the first incarnation of the new power generation yeah. from 1991. And these three would come together... You know, 12 years later to record tracks that appeared on Lotus Flower also. Mm-hmm. So these guys would get together. I think Michael Bland said in an interview that so often they would just go and record like over the holiday season because yeah. people went home and, you know. Prince other, was bored. Yeah, he was bored. So he was like, let's get together and play and we'll record. And it seems like this is kind of one of those instances, even though this wasn't during the holiday season. It was in June, which would be early summer. Right. In America. 
And then there, so we mentioned that there was a video. So yes, a complete- I, you kind of think about these things separately. You think of it as an album, or at least I do an album. And then also the video, which really they're the same, but they're really not. Yeah, what you got, what we would have gotten on the album, or I guess it would have really been Prince's first live release. He would have been 1993, 1994, regarded as one of the best live performers around for many, many years, uh, but had not released a live album officially and still wouldn't until 2001, which is incredible. So this would have been it, essentially, live, kind of studio live, I guess you could say. Cool. So we have this video released on VHS, also filmed June 14th, 1993. Yes, what you hear is what you see. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, it is. If you close your eyes while the video is playing. Yeah, the audio is essentially the same. There's a few pieces of some songs that were cut out of the video, I noticed. Yeah. Um, But yes, the recording session was filmed as it was happening, and that's... I would say half of what you see in the video. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. So there's a vague storyline. We have Vanessa Marcel, who's Uh best known for acting gigs on Beverly Hills 90210 and General Hospital. And she's kind of sneaking into Paisley Park, stumbling into Paisley Park, obviously sort of upset. Visibly shaken. Yeah. And she goes into Paisley Park looking sad and lost. Steve, who did you said you thought it was Steve Park? I'm pretty sure that's Steve Park. Yeah. Okay. Who is pretending to be the receptionist. Yeah. He's terrible at his job because he just lets her in and like tells her, here, there's a phone down there. You can go use just it. Just go use it. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, walks away. Doesn't mm-hmm. like escort her or here, come into my office. Let's get you some help. No, no, not... Not particularly good at this, but he got an appearance in a Prince video. He did. <laughs> and so there's a payphone. Yes. In inside. Inside Paisley Park in a little yep. alcove. Yep. Which I vaguely remember that alcove when we went there. It was like across from the editing yes, room. Yes. Past but, the stairs, past the atrium. Yeah. And but I don't remember there being a payphone in there anymore. I would think that wouldn't be a thing in Mm-mm. 2017 when we were there. No, 2016. 2016. Yeah, she doesn't put any money in the payphone, but she makes a phone call. She's got magical powers. She calls Victor. She wants right. to get back together. Claims she's changed. Uh-huh. Uh, evidently, she's disappointed by whatever Victor says. Then she laughs like she maybe needs some professional help. Uh-huh. And digs around in her purse, pulls out some shoes, finds a bottle of pills, and takes a handful. Right. And then she kind of ends up in... You're supposed to believe she's ended up in the rehearsal space with them with some weird little doll. Yes. I thought that she that was like the hallucination as a result of taking the pills. She this She dreams or imagines that she's part of this recording session. Yeah. I don't know, but the from the I mean the entire thing is basically a video overlay on a video it's that is good. really tough to watch, it and is. you just want the one half of it to get out of the way so you can see Prince and Michael B and Sonny T playing. Yeah, and I uh, think they were sh- trying to make up for a lack of skills in 
the filming of the performance that there wasn't, uh, it was obviously maybe not a professional who was doing this filming. Yeah. That was Prince's thing was finding people, Hey, you can do this, do it. Yeah. And And doing it. Yeah. And it, it, the filming wasn't great. It was not. And so I think they tried to quote unquote fix it. No, I see with the effects. Yeah. With the effects of playing Vanessa's part over it. And I think it was fairly unsuccessful. I believe so too. And even the part that was shot of just Prince and Michael and Sonny playing is shot within four inches of his face <laughs> to a point. I'm mean, like, I want to be close to yeah. this guy and see him do his stuff. But this is like so close that you can't even make it out. Well, and it's not like it's close for a little while and then backs up to let you oh, see no. it. It's like close. And then we're going to move up to here to the neck of the guitar. Then we're going to move to Prince's face. And then we're going to turn the camera upside down. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it was fairly nauseating, Uh, I would say. And I'm not trying to be, no, I'm being literal. Yes. It made me sick to watch. Yeah. It was, uh, it caused some, uh, motion sickness. Yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about the video portion along with each section of the song. So we'll talk about the song and we'll talk about the portion of the video that relates to that. All right. I'm just you but know. that's a good summation of the video. If you have not seen it. Really just listen to it. I was really yeah. grateful that I had listened to it several yeah. times before watching the video. Cause I think I really wouldn't have enjoyed the whole experience nearly as much if I'd watched it with the video. Me too. I had not seen the video. I maybe had seen this video once and okay. now I remember why <laughs> you I stopped at one, <laughs> uh, but have listened to the music dozens and dozens of times. So I was the same way. Like I know the music by heart and then it hurts your heart a little bit to watch it paired up with this video. Only because partly the reason it hurts my heart a little bit is the music is really good. It is. And if uh, the only way you're able to see the performance or hear the music is in conjunction with this video, it really does a a disservice. Yeah. Where is the, video mute button on my television so yeah. I can just listen to what's happening it's and have the picture go dark. Close your eyes. Yeah, or turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Connect it to your, uh, well, I guess your VCR because it came out <laughs> on right. VHS and was, LaserDisc. Yeah. Laser Connect disc. your speakers to your LaserDisc player. I guess. LaserDisc. I'm just telling you. In Prince's words, all the filmy shot, it ain't too hot. <laughs> yep. We'll get there. So let's start with the ride. All right. This is a very, very long way to start yeah. this album. Yeah. Uh, this recording. 10 minutes and 54 seconds for yeah. the ride. It is long. It was unreleased at the time of this recording, and it later appeared on Crystal Ball, but it was a different recording. Correct. Yeah. This one, uh, this I think the only versions of this song that have surfaced are live. It's un- There may be a studio version, but I think this was written to be kind of a a staple of Prince's live shows, which it was yeah. um, for quite a while. And this version is the longest and the earliest of versions, like you said, that have been released in one form or another. Here on The Undertaker, it's 10 minutes and 54 seconds. There's an after show version that was included on the VHS release of The Sacrifice of Victor, which was recorded on September 8th, 1995. And it was also released as part of the MPG Music Club in 2002. And then another live version 
from Paisley Park on October 29th, 1995, was included on the Love for One Another TV movie in 1996, which I had forgotten about. Um, And then that was later included as track six on disc three of Crystal Ball in 1997. So, yeah. Yeah. And lastly, yet another live version was included as a bonus track on Live at the Aladdin Las Vegas DVD that documented the One Night Alone performance at the Aladdin Theater there. Yeah, so this is the only really like studio one. It was recorded live, but it was recorded in a studio. So really, this is probably the only studio track of it, and it was also live. Yeah, there may be a not done in a one session, you know, recording rehearsal like this version that might have been in the studio, edited, worked on, that kind of thing. But um, it's unknown. Yeah, that's an Iron Mountain, if it's anywhere, probably. So this is very, very laid back and bluesy. In fact, in a lot of his live performances, Prince would call out that fact on many of his performance of this. He would say, how many of y'all like the blues tonight? Mm-hmm. And then he would play the song through the first two minutes and 50 seconds when he says, if you want some good loving, I'll give you all I got. It's Prince's undistorted guitar singing playing serving as background vocals almost Uh which i really like a lot yeah it's really cool but if you want some good loving baby i'll give you all i got i love the double entendre Mm -hmm. all through this song yes but if you like it real slow, I got days. Yep. If you like it real slow, I got days. But if you want to take the shortcut, I know the way. Yes. But if you want to take the shortcut, I know the way. He definitely covers... All his bases lyrically for his love interest here. If you like X, then I got Y. Uh-huh. It's a Prince love equation. <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of, I thought, if you want to be alone, I like to watch. That's not really what being alone, alone is about. <laughs> uh, oh, but he well. sets it up for her to be alone and for him to stay out of her way, but within viewing distance. Yeah. So I guess he makes accommodations for that. Yeah. I don't think he's uh, watching her pay bills. No, it's not. Um, it's it's not a uh, solo activity that you would generally want an audience for. Right. If you like to be alone, baby. I like to watch. I mean, it's just, it's a jam. Amazing guitars. He's working that guitar so hard that it's like it is the object of his affection. Like, I love how he's using the guitar to show her. Yeah how hard he's going to work to please her. Yes, you're right. From like two minutes and 50 seconds through four minutes and 25 seconds, it's one giant guitar solo Yeah. before Prince starts singing the chorus again. So you get basically a two-minute Prince guitar solo about three minutes into the song, which is unusual on a Prince release. Yeah. 
very guitar focused. Um, and if that isn't enough for you, then from five minutes and five seconds through nine minutes, you basically get another four minute lengthy and awesome guitar solo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a point like at nine minutes and 20 seconds where the guitar almost sounds like a synthesizer. Uh-huh. It's super cool. Yeah. He plays it um, unlike a guitar. Yeah. It's really. it's really neat. It's... He gives you showcases his talent. It does. He gives you what you would expect to hear in a guitar solo with this distorted wailing guitar, and then right. also this more muted, quiet talking guitar. Yeah, you get that as well. Super cool. Mm-hmm. At ten minutes, somebody yep. says something, and I can't quite figure out it's, what they said. I believe it's Prince. I have the same note. At like nine minutes and fifty-five seconds, he starts doing some vocalization with his muted, muted talking guitar part yeah and it's hard to hear what he's saying but he is saying something about you yeah and kind of sings along with his guitar playing yeah i thought he said don't let them count you when you die i I was trying to something about you i was pretty sure there was die and count in there One thing that this recording does not have is excellent enunciation. (laughs) I will say that. There is a lot of garbled marble mouth talking. Yeah, Well, it's because it's all about the guitar. It's not really about the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And it's not his finest vocal performance on any of these songs. In fact, some of them, he's even hard to understand what he's saying. Yeah. It's sort of like lazy on purpose to make this a laid back, more casual recording. Yeah. For sure. But if you're looking for the greatest Prince vocals, this is not where you're going to find it. But if you're looking for some of the greatest Prince guitar work and being featured as a guitarist, then this is definitely the place to start. Yep. All right. The video portion of this. Prince plays a purple cloud guitar. We think. Was it black and white? Was it color? No, there was. It was purple. Okay. Parts of it were black and white and parts of it were color. Yeah. So we see that. Michael B. and Sunny T are there. Vanessa dances. And then there's a lot of this overlapped footage where Prince is mm-hmm. like in the background and then over top of it, but kind of translucent is this video of her, which yeah. is not great. No. Um, it's definitely a handheld camera. Yeah. And it's shot to video, not shot on film. I think right. you can definitely tell that it's got this kind of inexpensive look to it yeah that's just kind of i don't know cheap and dated and like i said difficult difficult to watch yep and then there's some kind of set behind prints yeah it's almost like a catering tent but it's yeah cooler than that yeah (laughs) it kind of looked like a bed with a gauzy tent over it okay i didn't see the bed i saw the tent like yeah there was like this gauzy tent and i think it was it could have been a catering thing with tables under it yeah or it could have been a bed it was difficult to tell and you never really got a very good look at it yeah probably by design because there wasn't i think this you know the quality is probably reflective of the budget yes i would say which was tiny which was small or he had everything there let's film it and see what we get kind of thing yeah but by my count this is like an 11 minute song and uh the bad news is it was filmed in the way that it was filmed. But the good news is about half of it was 
Michael B. and Sonny T. just playing their parts and staying out of the way yep. and let Prince sing and shred yep. um, as he saw fit. Yep. And then towards the end of the song, Vanessa gets sick, and I empathized with her oh, quite I a lot. Oh, I forgot that she... Yeah, because she'd taken all those pills, and yeah. she wasn't feeling so great after she'd done some dancing. <laughs> so I yeah. empathize, because I also did not feel great by the end of the song trying to watch this. I, I, I just I did not care. Yeah, that's fine. I, I think that I told you I fell asleep twice, and I yep. regretted waking up both times. Yep. Yeah. Still feel that way. <laughs> All right. Poor goo. Poor goo. So this was part of the NPG Music Club edition number 11 as an MP3 download. You're right. Uh, boo, goo. Did you say boo? <laughs> it is October. I, so boo. I was thinking poor boo might yeah. be a good song. <laughs> Goo is likely a reference to James Magoo McGregor, who was a production assistant okay. and drum tech for the NPG. Uh-huh. Uh, the story goes, Goo and Prince both liked a girl from New York named Maria, okay. and she picked Goo. So the song was Prince teasing Goo. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Goo may have been the person doing the filming because he did that quite a lot at this time while he worked at Paisley park. He hated doing it and Prince forced him to do it. Film this stuff. So there is (laughs) thoughts that goo is the person who did the filming. Okay. Yeah. He was a reluctant videographer. Well, he had the right feeling for his skills. Yeah. So you can kind of see um, that Prince didn't have that great of an opinion about this woman after she chose Goo right. over him. Don't want to go home with that nappy-haired dame. Yep. For Goo. No, he just... Don't want to go home with that nappy-haired dame. He'd rather go home with you, uh-huh. which really is talking about... Prince. Yes. He'd rather go home with Prince and reluctantly film things uh-huh. because she's nappy headed because she didn't choose Prince. Right. Which is funny. Yeah. Verse two was the verse I was talking about earlier, which seems to be a good summation of this home yeah. video. All the film he <laughs> shot, it ain't too hot, all distorted. Uh-huh. All distorted. Yes. Yeah. All the film he shot. <laughs> Yeah, we get mention of Prince's favorite breakfast cereal. Yes, I thought this was actually pretty clever. Uh Uh-huh. So, no, you don't want Captain Crunch. No, you don't want Captain Crunch. Which is Prince's favorite cereal. Yeah. Or at least most referenced. Mm -hmm. He is Captain Crunch. Yes. Yeah. When you can have tricks, tricks. yeah, which yes. is a derogatory, yeah. he's calling the girl that yeah. chose goo over Prince, uh-huh. basically a sex worker, but yep. using the name of another cereal. Yes. When you can have tricks. Yep. I thought it was clever and fun. 
Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned all the guitar solos during this. This song from like two minutes and four seconds to two minutes and 45 seconds is just a giant guitar solo interrupted by the chorus, which is simply poor goo. Yeah. Two words. Or one word if you look at the that's way true. the title is written out. Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought it was interesting that the video did not have the first part of the song that we hear on the intended audio release, which is Prince singing Poor Goo with a mm-hmm. little guitar thing. Poor Goo with a little guitar thing. Poor Goo. Poor Goo. Poor Goo. The video just starts right into the song where right. the audio has a, more of the intro. Right. Uh, which makes me wonder why were they different? Was it intentional or just they did not have the best of continuity editors at Paisley Park that at the be. time would be my guess. That could be. Yeah. And then, of course, we get more great guitars. Yes. Yeah. All the way to the end. And it just mashes up into the next song. Yeah. So the video. Oh, yeah. Has I'm some sorry. Weird, I keep forgetting like, we've got to go back to this video. Yeah. I'll help you remember. So there's these like weird negative video effects, like it's, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, like X-ray kind of uh-huh. type look, yeah, or inverted like, color, yeah, the inverted color, and yeah. Vanessa's fascinated by her hands. And then my final note on the video was, Goo really does suck at filming. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It, it is, is poor. really not good. I'm so poor Goo. Yeah, somebody should have saved him from that. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, we keep talking about how poor this video is and there's no way around it. It's just, it's difficult to watch. It is almost as bad. I don't know. Is this as bad as the Raven to the Joy Fantastic? I think it's maybe worse. worse. I think it's worse. It doesn't have the fast sickening editing that that concert video had, but it's just, it's like watching it. It's like watching two videos at once. Yeah. Neither make a lot of sense. Right. Nor neither very pretty to watch either. Right. But after the video or the, the cover mount release of The Undertaker was blocked, I wonder if this was put together as a way to get it released. Right. Make it count as a video, but Prince wanted this music to be heard, um, you know, wanted to regain notoriety for his guitar work, and this was an outlet to do it. So yep. he did it. Yeah. I it, think it you're was correct. done, so he did it. Yeah. Yeah, we already got it. Like the work is done. Yeah. Why don't we uh, put it into some plastic cassettes and sell a few? Yeah. And then it rolls into a cover song. Yes. Honk Tonk Woman. Yes. Woman or woman? Plural or singular? I I don't know. I read it both ways. Yeah. Me too. I I don't know what the official, I think even on like official Rolling Stones releases, it's It's different. Oh, really? I I tried looking um, and found it plural. At least on the original 1969 single, I didn't know that this wasn't on a Rolling Stones album. That it was a single release in 1969, um, and it was released in the UK the day after the death of the founding member of the Rolling Stones, Brian Jones. Oh, I didn't know that. And it remained on the charts for 17 weeks, peaking at number one for five weeks. Okay. And You Can't Always Get What You Want was the single's B-side, but it was not on an album. 
That's cool. It was a single release, so yeah. that's why you'll find it on greatest hits of the Rolling Stones, but you'll never, you won't find the album that Honky Tonk Woman is on because it's not. Had this been released as planned as the cover mount for Guitar World, it would have been the first released cover of somebody else's song that Prince would have done. Yes. Not the first time that he had sung someone else's song no. live or in a rehearsal, but in an official released, released form. Yeah. Yes, this would have been it. The guitar that is just this shredding amplified thing between poor goo and honky tonk women. <laughs> of growing up in Indiana, my best friend and his brother were both mm-hmm. guitar players, electric guitar players, and they would stand in their bedroom of this uh, small two-story house that they lived in and just play guitar with their amps with no other accompaniments, and it was just like noise nonstop, uh-huh. and that's what the middle of these songs sounds like to me and, re- and reminds me of until it kind of mashes up into what you can tell will be honky-tonk women. Right. Super cool. I love that he continued to play this song even after he opened for the Rolling Stones and got booed mm, off stage. Very, very true. Yeah, I I thought that that really spoke to a, a level of maturity that uh-huh. he had. That And they weren't always super complimentary of Prince either. Yes. But he could appreciate the music and separate that from this fairly troubling experience that he had. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure. I think, you know, they supported him. They were the ones that they convinced him. Mick Jagger, you know, basically convinced him to come back. He flew out of LA after being booed off stage in 1981 and Mick Jagger convinced him, come back. You've got to, I think that's where the criticism from, I forget what other members of the Rolling Stones weren't quite as complimentary is that he, you know, he left, he disappeared after that, but came back and, well, he was a very young man. Uh, he was young I'd have probably, and probably left a too. little terrified. You know, you're just trying to do your music, and you're and people in front are throwing of tens stuff of thousands you. of people who look at you as uh, just an object of hatred because you're different and you're not playing their type of music. Yeah, I went back to listen to the 1969 version by the Rolling Stones to see, like, I didn't remember. Did their version start with a guitar, like this rehearsal did, or how did it go? No, it starts with a cowbell. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Definitely much more rock and roll kind of take on this than even the Rolling Stones version. But I didn't see much attention given anywhere online about how Prince changed the lyrics on the song uh, a ton. It's like, okay, I think the use of the word honky tonk woman. Uh is just the word, the phrase was just to say, by the way, this is what the music kind of sounds like. Yes. It's not, it's too, it's really a clue to give you what song he's intending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that you don't forget so that you can recognize it. If you're a person like me who does better with the lyrics than with the actual music, yeah. Then, you know, this is your clue as to what song this is supposed to be. 
beyond that, I mean, the lyrics are like almost completely different. They are. Here, let me read you the Stones lyrics. Uh-huh. Do you have Prince's lyrics handy? I, I, uh, some of them, yes. Okay. Uh, just the first verse of the Stones version is, I met a gin-soaked barroom queen in Memphis. She tried to take me upstairs for a ride. She had to heave me right across her shoulder because I just can't seem to drink you off my mind. Yeah. She covered her N-word with 20 roses. Blew my nose. Yeah, baby. Blew my mind. Yeah, that is Prince's version. Yeah. She covered on the with 20 roses. Even the beginning of the song, he sings, instead of, I met a gin-soaked barroom queen in Memphis, he sings, I met a freaky barroom queen in Memphis. Met a freaky barroom queen in Memphis. It was just, it's really like... The, I would say the lyrics are loosely based. They're very, or it's almost like this is what I can remember, and I'm going to sing it <laughs> uh, because or, I wondered where the blew my new blew my nose baby blew my mind came from, and there is a, a lyric in the Stones version that contains a blow my mind kind of thing. They see in the Stones version, the lady then she covered me with roses. Okay, she blew my nose, and then she blew my mind. So it's almost like Prince mashes all the Stones lyrics together into one thing and throws uh-huh. in an N-word. Yeah. And th- this is his version. It's just almost a method to cover the song and then be able to play guitar. Yeah, I really... That was my thing was this was just... It was really about the guitar. Yeah. And the, uh, the lyrics are just like here so you can recognize the song and it's saying honky-tonk woman. Give me that honky-tonk love. Yeah. When the Stones say, give me the honky-tonk blues. Yes. Yeah, it's really very... It's. I mean, it is clearly a cover version, but it's lyrically very, very loose. Yeah. Very, yes. very loose. Yes. It seems like it could, it could have been planned. It could be Prince rewriting these songs. He did that with some of his cover versions. He turned Jimi Hendrix's Red House into Purple House. Yeah. Or it could have just been so improvised and so loose that this is just how it came out of his mouth at the time. Yeah. Which is, it's fun either way. Yeah. Super, super fun. The video, my only note about it was that Prince was very serious about his guitar work here. Yes, he was. I don't want to talk about this video anymore. Okay. Well, I will do the talking (laughs) about the video then, but I'm not going to do that until after we have a quick break when we're back with Bambi. Sounds good. Welcome travelers to the mundane and the arcane, a 5e D&D podcast. I'm Matt, the Dungeon Master, for our new campaign. Uh, I'm Deacon Bishop, and uh, I like to party. I'm Grognag Vegan Smith, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm Senko, and I cast Guiding Light. Come join our party as they explore the river town of Tristolin, fight threats like magical crabs, and rob stores such as bards and nobles. We release bi-weekly. Now everyone, I'd like you to roll initiative. All right, now we're back with Bambi. She's here? Oh. No, he. Bambi was a boy in the movie. 
Not in the song. Not in the song, no. I thought we had our second interview on tap. No, no. Nope. Live on Skype. Yeah. Bambi. Nope. Okay. Well, we could just talk about this song then. Sure. So this is uh, Prince's own song from yes. uh, his self-titled album in 1979. Mm-hmm. If it had been released as planned, it would have been the first time that Prince re-released a previously recorded track as a new recording. Right. Good point. Yeah. This song is a, I did not go back and listen to the album version of the song, um, but it's a perfect fit though for oh, yeah. this album as far as like picking a song from his catalog that would work on a guitar driven like EP, I guess is what you could call this yes. whole thing. Yeah. With the falsetto contrasted with these driving intense guitars. Yeah. It's the it's only song he sings fit here. Only song he sings in his falsetto voice. I would say almost the only song he really sings. Yeah. Some of the other stuff is almost like uh, Prince could do this kind of singing, you know, in his sleep or catnapping. Right. Bambi with the falsetto seems to be the most effort he put into vocals on this entire release. Sure. Fairly faithful to the album version, um, except for around the three minute and 46 mark. There's an instrumental ending um, that's different from the album track and kind of then rolls into the next song. But it kind of picks up and is this kind of uh, almost like fill at the very end that kind of helps end the song and let let it dissolve into another guitar Mm -hmm. craziness. Yeah. This was faithful, I think, to the original version, but I still think it's notable here. He says, uh, Bambi, it's better with a man. And mm-hmm. then he says, think it ain't. Watch yeah. this. And yeah. he runs into the guitar. And yeah. Think it ain't. Watch this. It's guitar and it's sex and it's, you know, very phallic and the understanding of the guitar yep yeah yeah for sure yeah this song has popped up in prince's um performances even in the mid-2000s during his appearances to promote musicology and being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame he pulled this one back out again it's It's essentially the it's almost like it's not a criticism of homosexuality but it's an invitation to in his mind do it the right way with him. In yeah. fact, he's not put off by the homosexuality of the um, subject of the song. He's uh, trying to win her over. Yeah. Oh, I think it's more about jealousy that yeah. she's not interested in him. Right. Yeah. It's but, someone who looks just like her. Yeah. I think we'll get more into lyrics and stuff when we get to that album. But yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. But I think this song could easily be misinterpreted as uh, like some kind of stand against homosexuality. And that's yeah. not true. He had homosexual band members yeah. who played prominent roles throughout his history, yeah. worked with them. And um, this was just kind of an interesting... I could see Young Prince trying to figure out, well, what could my take be on lesbianism uh-huh. to make it... I want to I want to overcome it in a way <laughs> that only I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh he wants to help them switch teams. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think that's how it works, but it is not. No, <laughs> but bless his little heart for trying. Yeah, exactly. If Especially it, in 1979. Right. Yeah. True. If anything, hey, some lesbian somewhere got to hear a great Prince guitar solo. That's so right. That's exactly. that's didn't do any harm. Exactly. So there's a little bit at about like between a minute and a forty and a minute and fifty seconds. Is he singing along with his guitar a little bit? I am certain that he is. He does okay. that a lot throughout this. And yeah. even in some time in ways that he's like back off the mic where you can't really uh-huh. hear it very well. But right. he might not even be doing it consciously. It's just like it's such a part of his nature and a, like an extension of his body. Yeah. You know, he okay. knows the sound that's going to come out of his guitar. Right. Um, and it's zero effort to sing along with it. So I'm sure you're right. And again, I think that the lyrics are included here to give you context of what song he's playing. Right. It's not really about singing the lyrics or making the lyrics be meaningful or impassioned. It's context. By yeah. the way, this is from. Right. Here's the identifier. Yeah. Now let me shred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. get a little piece of the thumbprint. Yeah. And then you get a lot of improvisation yeah. on top of it. That's more often than not, these songs, you get a verse uh-huh. and then an extended instrumental session with yeah. these players. Yeah. Or like the next song, you might not get any lyrics at all. Yeah. Because Bambi right. rolls into Xanali. Well, but we still have a little video. Oh, we got to talk fr- about the video. I'll talk about the video okay. briefly. Okay. You talk so, about the video. I'll listen. Okay. So... You describing Prince it is plays. better than the actual video, by the way. So Thank you. go ahead. So he plays the super fast guitar and really makes it look just effortless. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Vanessa's fascinated by the strobe lights. <laughs> I forgot about the strobe night- lights. No wonder it made me nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. Prince walks all over while playing the guitar, which I thought was really cool. And impre- <laughs> I'm trying to find things that are like neat about the video. You're doing to, a good job. Like, he did have a lot of space to walk around. These guys were not close together. Like not Michael B is to the left and behind Prince and Sonny T is like way off to the right across Autobahn road over <laughs> at that <laughs> childcare center. Yeah. <laughs> He's far away. He's far yeah, away. I mean, his head is the size of a pen in some of these shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Prince has a lot of room to walk around if he wants. Yeah. Despite those things, uh, the video is nearly unwatchable with the ex- <sighs> extreme close-ups and really shaky footage and some quick cuts and the overlapping. Yeah. Just close your eyes it is, and it's enjoy regret- the music. It is re- it's so regrettable. It this really is because so it could have been super cool. It could have been. I mean, you could have just had a camera on a tripod, like the rehearsal footage of the Revolution and the Eden Prairie warehouse yeah. that has surfaced that they used to make a video for nothing compares yeah, to you. Was, so they set just it on, on a, a tripod. tripod, no cuts, just let us watch. Yep. And instead, we're forced into these odd perspectives and negative videos and overlap videos and upside down videos. I feel like I'm a lab rat. Like this is what they would show to <laughs> test the, I don't know, fortitude of of, of rats. <laughs> Sorry that you found, you felt rodent like. I, I felt like I was in a psychology experiment. Oh, sorry. It's not yours to apologize for. <laughs> Sorry, I forced you to watch it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we watched it together. We well, yeah. You slept through some of it, but whatever. Rightfully so. Then we so. have <laughs> yes. Then it rolls into Zanali. Yes, 
as was, the as the guy from the beginning of the love, love sign video would say it. Zanali. <laughs> Zanali. He's a local DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so it's labeled as Zanali Prelude, forty five seconds. Yep. When it, to me, it really ought to be labeled Zanali Aborted. Yeah. Yes. You know, because that's this is the only point when you get some conversation. Yes. Is yes. at so the very end of this, you get like what half a minute of the beginning of Xanali, mm-hmm. which wouldn't appear on an album and for another three years on Chaos and Disorder in 1996. But here you get a little glimpse into the song that Prince has probably had laying around for a little while before it got shown here. Yeah. And it's unknown how much of it was completed at the time of this recording. Like, were they still working on it? Or is there are no lyrics because it didn't have lyrics Maybe yet? So. Maybe so. Yeah. So they kind of all stop at like, 40 seconds and it's not because Prince says anything. And even watching the video, I was looking to see, did he cue someone to stop or say, hold up. And I, I couldn't see it through the strobe lights and the upside down <laughs> video, but you can hear Prince say, we'll hit that again. Like we're going to come back to it. Okay. We can get that one again. Here we go. Is that what you heard? Either we'll hit that again, or we need to hit that again is what he says. Something like 42 that. seconds. Yeah. And then almost immediately he says, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes fast. into the next song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just has the video for Xanali, the whole 45 seconds of it. Yeah. Uh, just weird footage from the beginning. And then the back of Prince. I don't need to see the back of Prince. I'd be, I'd be fine with it if it was just that. <laughs> I don't know. Gosh. So bad. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> then it rolls into. The title track. Yes. The Undertaker. The Undertaker. A version of this was recorded in 1982 and released on Mavis Staples' album, The Voice, yep. which was released August 24th of 1993. That was her second so, Paisley Park album. Yep. And I didn't know this. Time Magazine named it The Voice, that is. One of the 10 best albums of 1993. Really? Which I found, it's a great album. I can't imagine they sold more than... 50,000 copies of that thing, if that. It was so underground, almost like an independent release. Yeah. So for time to not only hear it, but then call it out as one of the 10 best albums of the year is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. So this was obviously had already been recorded with Mavis Staples, but when he recorded this, Mm -hmm. it hadn't yet been released on her album. So it was kind of in that... In between. So does it count as a cover if it's not yet been released when he recorded it? I don't know. And he wrote it. So I don't. He wrote it. Although Prince Vault also says that recording credit or writing credits go to Prince, Tommy Barbarella, Michael Bland, Levi Caesar Jr. and Sonny T. Oh, okay. Even though Tommy and Levi don't appear on any version, either this rehearsal, the studio version that was on Mavis's album. So this may be another one of these Prince giving credit to other people so they would be compensated, you know, later on. Yeah. Which he did a lot. Yeah. I didn't know what the inspiration was for this song. You, Tell you've us got about a, it. You've got a look on your face like you do know. Yep. But uh, Mavis Staples' husband's occupation is the inspiration. He was a mortician, married for six years from 1964 to 1970, and she divorced him because she wouldn't quit her singing career to stay home. Yeah, he wanted her to stay home and have babies. Yes. And she said, no, no, no I have 
other things I need to take care of. Yeah. So what a cool, I mean, that was, uh, 23 years prior to when this rehearsal session was recorded. I also didn't know that Mavis Staples had another suitor in her life. Did you know that? Bob Dylan asked Mavis Staples dad for permission to marry her. And her dad said, yes. And Mavis turned him down. Yeah. And she said she kind of regretted it. She, 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 because I guess he left her life after that. Well, I would too, if I had proposed to someone and they said, no, I would be like, okay, well, I can't, I'm, I've been rejected. I'm going to make myself scarce. I'm not going to hang around. Oh, I have a friend who has a longtime girlfriend that he was, they were living together Yeah, and he'd asked her several times to marry him. And Uh she said, no, because she was happy with the way things were. And then last yeah. Christmas, they finally, she said yes. He asked again. Oh. And she said yes. So I guess you know. uh, that's persistence for you. Yeah. yeah. They're darling. Cool. Yeah. So the very beginning of the song, Prince says, Scotty, shake something. Scotty, shake something. And I'm pretty sure we're talking about Scotty Baldwin. Yeah. His live sound engineer, yeah, who started off as a drum tech for Michael Bland in the MPG, whose job was not easy because Michael Bland wrecks stuff up. Well, he's a man playing the guitars extremely hard. Drums, you mean? Yep, I do mean drums. Okay. I was then thinking you're right. drums. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had drums in mind when I said guitar, but we've said guitar so many times, my <laughs> mouth <laughs> refused to believe my brain. I can't say drums. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool when we saw the revolution the second time in Austin of December 2018. We yep. had. Uh, VIP platform standing room right behind the um, soundboard. Yeah. And Scotty was there working sound for yeah. the revolution and had a picture of him and Prince uh, on one of the soundboard displays for the entire show that never yeah. went down. It was very, yeah. very cool. It was really cool. Yeah. I took a picture of that picture. Yeah. So I'll share it with you so you okay. can share it with everyone else. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to see that, yeah. you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, or you can send me an email, podcast at gmail.com. You can do all that, and you yeah. should. And you're you missing should. out like on half of the podcast if you're not following <laughs> the two weeks of promos that y- yeah. Christy puts together. Uh, it's, you know, lyrics and whenever videos I can. And videos and side notes and random thoughts, musings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're interesting. Mm-hmm. I always like a retweet. Retweet me. That's great. Yeah. Share us with your friends. You know, you got some, or, you know, really it's a good way to make new purple friends. That's true. Sharing because, the experience. Yeah. Because if you don't have people who appreciate prints in your life, in your real life, Twitter, even if you just go and even if you don't like, tweet ever just go and follow some of these people yeah i know there's a lot of people who don't like they're like i don't like social media you you know what it's different you hear about twitter and the vitriol that's on it politically and stuff like that yeah just but if you just go and follow prince people it's a wonderful experience yeah yeah there's a lot to be gained from just lurking on twitter 
for sure. Especially if you have a very curated set of people that you follow. Mm-hmm. It's It can be a very enjoyable, uplifting experience. Yes, it can. Yeah. Um, anyway. so, so lyrically, this song is very much connected to me to Love Sign, which we mm-hmm. covered on uh, 1-800-NEW-FUNK and yes. supplemental materials where we got... I don't know, 17, 18 remixes. Yeah, 100,000 well. yes. remixes. Yeah, yeah. so the gun violence was on Prince's mind at, in this time Very of his much. life. You know, we had it in the MPGs together, uh, Love Sign. Here, The Undertaker is all about, you know, turn off the violence. There's children watching. Turn off the violence. There's children watching. Put away the gun for future's sake. Yes. Put away the gun for future's sake. Don't you be another number on Listen to the silence. It's a better box to be in. Yeah. As opposed to a casket. Listen to the silence. It's a better box to be in. So I thought... That was great. And we'll cover Mavis's version um, when we cover her album from 1993, too. This is maybe sung in my favorite Prince Register. Oh, okay. It's not super high falsetto. It's not oh. super low baritone. It's more like akin to like a speaking voice. And it's more, yeah, more natural, even yeah. though he said his falsetto was more natural to him. Yeah, for his, as far as singing. Yeah. yeah. But I really, I, this is... I like this. It feels so like intimate. Yeah. Yeah. There, I think you can forget how nasally Prince can sing. That's almost, that's natural too for him. Yeah. And that's not a criticism. That's just how his natural voice was. Yeah. When he sung in his falsetto is much less in his nose. Yep. Um, In his medium register, I would say that's where you really hear you know, he sings from his mouth and his nose. Yeah. Like his whole his whole face is singing. Well, that's a, according to my friend Jackie, mm-hmm. whom I host Killer Fun With yeah. and is a singer. She's a performer yep. by profession. She's, when she teaches vocal students, she tells them to sing with their whole face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's so, she's like, saying. she's saying, you know, and I really heard that here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I actually thought that this morning. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I'm not saying nasally in a. Oh, it's no, it's uh-uh. like so hard to listen to. It's not at all. It's just that you can tell it's not just coming out of his mouth. It's it's coming out of all three face holes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the guitar at like three and a half minutes ish. Okay. It reminded me of Hallucination Rain a little bit oh, from Exodus. Okay. Wow, I'm surprised that you would call that one back. Well, and, you know, I didn't really like that song. Yeah. But I didn't, what I didn't like about it wasn't the guitars. Okay. It was, I wanted Hallucination Rain as a, an instrumental. instrumental. Sure. So I thought it was kind of... Is that the part that is right after he says, here come the Undertaker? 
And then he goes into this guitar solo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I didn't write down a timestamp for that particular part, but we get launched into a guitar yeah, solo right after. Yeah, and it's that kind of like with the whammy bar uh-huh. and kind of psychedelic mm-hmm. 70s sounding. Yes. There's like two voices for his guitar on this release. One is what you're describing that is a little more muted, almost like a keyboard. And then another voice for his guitar is this distorted, uh, amplified, raging guitar sound. Yes. And then, okay, skipping ahead, there were about like eight and a half minutes-ish. There's a guitar playing a melody really cleanly. Mm-hmm. And it sounded a little bit like the little drummer boy to me. Oh, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. That's what it kind of sounded like to You're me. Getting in the Christmas spirit early. I am. Very early. It's October. Uh-huh. And, you know, a bunch of stores already have Christmas stuff out. So. Yeah. Interesting. I would think that would be a coincidence. Prince isn't much for playing holiday classics. No, There's no. not a Prince Sings Christmas Songs album for a reason. That's too bad because <laughs> the uh, Christmas music station could use a little influx of oh, geez. Prince. Yep. There was also an anti-drug message. Don't go with the crack. You might never come back. Oh, is it don't go with the or don't go into I thought it don't was with the... go into. I always sung it oh. in my head as into. Oh, I don't know. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I'll put a yeah. clip here and our listeners can decide okay. what they think it is. Yeah, but either way, you might never come back as in, yeah, yeah. it will kill you. Yes. Don't go with the crack. Might never come back. And don't let the devil make you dance with the undertaker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really just... It's kind of an interesting play on the dance with the devil, which yep. had been part of like Batman yes. stuff. Yeah, so. and the whole spooky electric yeah. persona that he gave to the devil also. Um, yeah, it's just... I think the message here is good. It's a kind of strange pairing with a mortician, um, but essentially it's avoid all these things so you don't end up meeting the Undertaker. Uh-huh. Yeah, too prematurely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Eventually you're going to get there. Yeah. We all will. If we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> if we're not, you know, the Lost. subject of a very, very sad podcast in the future. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the whole thing winds Oh, you need to talk about the video here? Yeah. I'm stepping on your toes again. Yeah. That's fine. Let me step back. Which is funny because we finally get a little bit of decent footage as Prince starts singing. And then they layer on the bad with, you know, a Vanessa's drug trip over top of this. They and cannot then, leave well enough alone. They cannot. It like starts out and like, oh, maybe it's going to get better. No. And no. And no. then it doesn't. She's choking. There's this. It's weird. Does she need the Undertaker? That's kind of what they think they're trying to insinuate. This video is killing me. Yeah. I need the Undertaker. But we do get a cool close-up of Prince using his foot pedal to manipulate the sounds of the guitar. Yeah. Again, try, are, I'm grasping at yep. straws here. Anything yes. to try and make this not yes. as annoying as it what is. What was the best part of this nine-minute, 44-second song? Well, there was this one part where I see Prince's feet. <laughs> <laughs> He's got such 
cute little tiny feet. <laughs> and they're on the pedals. Yeah. So it rolls into... Dolphin. Dolphin. Again, not a release song at this point. It wouldn't appear on an album until the gold experience. Right. Um, we get, as we've been describing, basically a verse and the chorus to set up the ability to play some guitar. Yes. That's what I think. It's about three minutes and 39 seconds. Right. I think this was kind of top of mind to him, too, because it mm-hmm. was part of the Glam Slam Ulysses stage yes. show. Yes, it was. So it was topical for mm-hmm. him in 1993. Yes. Did you notice on the one verse that he sings, he mm-hmm. kind of mixed up some lyrics, I thought, where it was, uh, how, how will I know if I'm even in the right key oh. if you make me start before I stop? Make oh. me stop before I start. How will I know if I'm even in the right key? If you make me stop before I start. On the album version, it's how will you know if I'm even in the right key? So there's a kind of reversal there. I don't know oh, if it's okay. purposeful or was because it was kind of a loose recording session if he just sang along. I did see music stands in the video for this okay. where there may have been lyrics or something. Again, this is 1993, so there probably weren't TVs. Right. Uh, pointed at him with lyrics, but rather printed pages that would be there. Yeah. The songs really blend seamlessly, but there's some thought that there may be that this song definitely had a little more manipulation to it after the fact because there was the dolphin and ocean noises yeah. added in. Yes, which so, you can hear in almost every TV or movie commercial oh. that might have a dolphin in it you can hear anytime the there's ones, a the dolphin sound yes it's josh the same is like yep that was it that's same the one it's the same one <laughs> it's the same there's thing. like two samples that yes they use when it's dolphin sounds well, when we finish period. with this money-making podcast that we're doing here <laughs> we're going to get into dolphin sound effects and i'm going to start making some new ones we'll drive down to the texas coast and sample some dolphins and we'll make it royalty free sure so you really get about the song is three minutes and 39 seconds. You really get about two minutes of the song when it ends. And then there's like this instrumental coda from about two minutes and 10 seconds through the end that is in the movie serves as the music track for the credits. Right. Um, Blessedly. I would, have, I would have called it the blame. Look. <laughs> the, the blame. <laughs> um, but I really thought that the last, whatever minute and 20 seconds of the song sounds like um the final track on lotus flower back to the lotus yeah oh yeah it's and it's these same three guys yeah that did this but it's it was like wow i forgot how much how similar this sounds to yeah. that closing track on lotus flower as the very ending of of dolphin it kind of sounded like i don't know he's working on stuff like just kind of figuring it out probably trying to decide what was going to go in Yes, or was it a, another song that was, you know, coming out of this one? Yeah. Manatee. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the video, Dolphin brings Vanessa back to life. Yes. She runs back to the phone and decides not to take more pills. Right. Dolphin has given her the will to live. Right. And then we get some more really distorted, weird video effects. And at this point, you were snoring. 
Yeah, yeah, I can't. I couldn't help myself. And um, that's fine. Yeah. And I was like, just as well that he's snoring because this is not good. There are many, many family home videos that would be more entertaining and less nauseating to watch than Fair. this VHS release. Yep. But I keep saying, and I don't know if I'm saying this to justify it or to, because I think it's really the case, <laughs> but this VHS release being a way around not being able to release the CD as intended. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, I'm going to stick with that thought. So yeah. um, it gives more meaning and reason for why this thing was released. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now we have some rules. Yes. We've talked about everything we're going to talk about for this episode. So we make three choices. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. The choice is up to the host making the selection. Right. We have the sea, the thing that we liked the least, and the mountain, the thing that spoke to us the most. Right. So my dumb rules, so I go first. Have the floor. All right. Time capsule to me is dolphin. Because it was released in 1995, as was this video, and that just sounds like the mid-90s to me. Yeah, mid-90s prints. Yeah. I don't think there's a wrong choice on this whole thing for a time capsule, because, uh, you know, the overall so- sound of each song is similar, because it's the same three players, same session, so there's a lot of similarities to the overall sound and production of each of these tracks. But I gave my time capsule to the ride since it's the first appearance of this staple that would be part of, it was like Prince's go-to song for kind of a middle of a concert break. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was the first time that we heard it. And then it appeared all over the place after this in live form. So that was my time capsule. Super cool. The sea, the thing that we like the least. The video is awful. I mean, we've said it like a hundred times on this episode. It's, if you didn't know that I was going to choose the video, then I think you've not been paying attention. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know why I have to say it. Yeah. From the first second that this thing starts until the last piece of the credits or the blame, uh, it is some of the worst time I've spent voluntarily trying to entertain myself that <laughs> I can remember. It's completely okay. awful. Yeah. Yeah, just really, just put it on. If you are going to quote unquote watch it on YouTube, put it on, open another tab, browse something else while the music plays in the background. You don't, you don't need to watch. Yeah, there's, I mean, this is such a yin and yang piece to me. The audio from it is great. And some of the least doctored, most raw live official um, recording of Prince on a guitar in his entire career. Yeah. So it is very special. Yes. And the video is so unbelievably terrible. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't even put the two together and make it work in my mind. Yeah. I can, they, they shouldn't be associated with one another. Yeah. And then the mountain, the thing that we like the most. Yeah. I'm anxious to hear what yours is oh. because I was, I knew what mine would be, but I couldn't quite guess what you would pick. Well, I like funny prints, so it was poor goo for me. Oh, all right. Yeah, because yeah. it's funny and it's cool. I liked it when it got released by the NPG Music Club. Uh-huh. I thought it was cool. Yeah, you had you had heard this song before. Yes. Because um, we were members of the NPG Music Club, so was it monthly? Monthly. We I think would it was grab monthly. our download, spend the 
hour and 40 minutes that it took to download four mp3s or overnight yeah yeah so yeah i enjoyed it it was fun to hear this early incarnation of that song yeah very cool yeah uh, how about you for me the mountain was the title track okay the undertaker i thought yeah. it, it fits the um, you know where Prince's mind was with songs, you know, anti-violent songs, and you know, taking care of each other was sort of a, you know, I think that that was something that was important to him his entire career, but it really started to manifest itself in this time period, and he would sing about it, and write about it. I like the shout out to Scotty Baldwin, yeah, at the beginning, also, and the fact that we get a Mavis Staples version from the studio to compare it to is very, very cool too. So I'm all for the undertaker. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I can't argue with that. Yeah. So, all right. Why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about next time? All right. Uh, as luck would have it on March 6th, 1995, Prince not only released the undertaker on VHS, but he also released an after show that he titled what? the sacrifice of Victor. Um, so it was recorded in London on September 8th, 1993, but saw a release in March of, on March 6th, 1995. So it falls within this time period that we are spending a lot of time yeah. covering. <laughs> yes. Um, so I feel like it's important for us to do as an official release. So we'll take a look at that one, at both the audio and the video in yep. a similar format as here as next time. So as we, did, we, did, have, on this we one. did have a little discussion about whether we should go ahead and do this after we watched the Undertaker video. Josh was like, I, I, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> and I said, let me pull it up and look at it a little bit. And despite the fact that it is also directed by Paris Patton. Yeah. Which, as the Undertaker was, right. so is the sacrifice of Victor. Um, it's really much more straightforward. Well, we can get some redemption footage. A chance for redemption is a story that everyone loves. Yeah, so yeah. We'll so look here's at that. Open. Maybe that'll be the title of the next episode of The Mountains and the <laughs> Sea. For a chance for redemption. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate that you took the time to listen to us we know that we don't come on the radio that you make a choice to listen to us and we so appreciate it share us with your friends rate and review it helps people find us Um, if you want to connect with us on social media that's great you can also send us email we love to hear from you and we thank you so much for listening and we hope that you will join us next time thanks for listening Forge audio. Dream it. Build it. Share it.